0: Something uncomfortable <laughs> you know uh, I'm up in front of people a lot but I like being up in front of people where I control the setting you know I am not comfortable getting up you know those spot-of-the-moment games where you they want you to stand up and they tell you what you're going to do when you get up there like a lot of what I do to you guys you know um, I don't do well on the other side of those if I don't know what's coming. Um, I, like, I like control. <laughs> Anybody else out there like control of the world? But I've found that in this life that I, God has called me to live, I'm not always in control. Actually, if I'm obeying Scripture, I need to yield control to Him. That's just not always easy to do. It doesn't matter how long you walk with God you always struggle with that peace where you want to control the events that go on. And we're not in control. I remember when we were going through a difficult time in Sturgis and, and I was praying for an out. Have you ever, anybody else ever prayed for an out? <laughs> I prayed God would give me an out. <laughs> and um, God didn't give me an out. God gave me a way through and the way through was more beneficial but sometimes we want to just get out and God wants us to go through you know that's why when we read you know Psalm 23 it says when I walk through the valley It doesn't say when I, just when we're getting out of things And so I want to encourage you, there is a way through the situation you're dealing with. And sometimes it requires us to look at it a little differently. Praise God. Just a little side note here for our children's ministry. um, Our children's ministry is having a fishing adventure. There's a sign-up sheet. Um, just outside the sanctuary door sept- Sunday September 8th from 4 to 7 p.m. they will leave the church at 4 p.m. and return at 7 p.m. they're going to Camp Imagine Farm in Bellbrook. The kids will have food, drinks and fishing fun, so they need adult buddies. So there will be an adult working with each young per or each kid that's wanting to fish helping them to learn the process of fishing so if you know a little bit about fishing it helps but it's not required if you can hold a fishing pool you're going to be all right they also need people that are going to help with food because they're going to feed them while they're there there's a sign-up sheet out there if you want to help with food if you want to help um, you know if you want to just give money uh, like I gave Willie money yesterday it's going to be I'm going to be out of town or I'd love to be there Um, So I gave him money to use for however he wants to use, because they need bait, you know. Um, They're actually going to use, you know, live bait, you know. Hopefully it's not one of you, but I mean, it's, no, I'm just kidding. It's, you know, worms and stuff, I guess. It's been a long time since I fished, and I like using lures, because I didn't like touching worms that much. Um, They were dirty, you know. (laughs) So anyways, if you're interested, Willie, you're heading this up, right, for Christina? Seth and you. So if there's any question, Seth, wave your hand, talk to Seth or to Willie, and they will give you information. September 8th, September 8th, 4 to 7. Parents, you can drop them off here if you're not signed up to be a buddy, and you don't have to go fishing with them. So this is, this is sign up and be part, all right? Also, this coming weekend, Friday, Saturday, is a women's retreat at Harvest Revival Center. And my wife, Pastor Nancy, will be our, the guest speaker there for this event. And if you have not registered yet, ladies, and you'd like to attend, please see my wife today. Because she's getting a final sign-up on that. You, you can pay at the door. No, they can pay you, pay her. See, that's why I'm looking at her. I'm almost reading lips. She's, she's telling me something. She's Put it in an offering envelope. they are going to be one check coming to the church. See, I'm not good at reading lips. I can see her face, but her lips really aren't moving from this far away from me. So that's why I'm t- interpreting. So if you're interested in going, make a check out... What is it, $175? No. $20, I knew that. I was just testing you. (laughs) $20, ladies, if you're going to go to this event. And uh, that's going to be uh, Friday and Saturday. You can put that in the offering envelope and the church will write one check. Uh, Make sure you do indicate on there that it's for the women's conference all right and then today at four o'clock the the men are going to be meeting here they've got a fantasy football event and then we're going to be playing euchre and eating food so if you're not part of fantasy football not a problem come out play cards eat food um it's going to be a great time if you have any questions about that see isaac today and he can give you more information what (laughs) <laughs> get the see that's why i didn't say anything i'm not in charge isaac gave a very clear answer that <laughs> this is a men's event <laughs> we were talking in sunday school that the sign of a good church is laughter um that we should have a lot of laughter so uh we need to laugh a lot um Also, um, most of you probably have have heard um, Jennifer's uh, father passed away this week. The funeral service is going to be Wednesday at 1030. Carol Rowe, Carol, wave your hand at everybody. I know most of you know her. She is organizing the food for this event. And uh, if she doesn't have your phone number, but you'd like to help with a meal or a food item, please see her today. Um, so she's she's going to be taking care of that the the service is going to be at ascension parish um, and uh, we're going to, so we're going to transport the food there or you'll need to transport the food there you can talk to her on that if you're willing to be part of that that's wednesday at ten thirty. is the service meal will follow the graveside service um, there is a viewing on tuesday from four to seven what Five to eight, I was close. Five to eight. See, that, See by clarification, then you guys remember more. Five to eight, and that's going to be at Tobias on Far Hills. I got something right there. Actually, I got several things right. Days, people, you know, all those things. So, all right. Have any of you ever been yelled at to wake up? Um, growing up, we didn't have alarm clocks. My, my dad was the alarm clock, me as a kid. Um, so my, my dad was up early every morning. He had his own internal clock, got up about four o'clock to start his first pot of coffee and he would yell at us to wake up. Um, as we, you know, left on our own, I learned to wake up by an alarm clock. And, And most mornings I, I'm up before my alarm goes off. Um, every once in a while, I'll sleep in a little later. Um, <laughs> I started doing this new alarm clock, and it's uh, from this app called Sleep Cycle. And so 30 minutes before your wake up, it's got this nice, you know, you can put this sound that comes on 30 minutes beforehand. And, and I'm normally up before that, you know, 30 minute kicks in. And it's like I listen to it a couple times like that. That'd be annoying if I have to listen to that too much more. So I just get up. But, um, you know, waking up is one of those things that we all need to do. Have any of you ever been told that you're dropping the ball? That you're not carrying your weight for something? See, those are a little bit more uncomfortable to deal with. Now, sometimes, depending on the person bringing the encouragement to wake up to carry your weight, to stop falling short, sometimes we'll respond positively. I remember in high school, um, I had a football coach that was dearly loved, and if he instructed me to do something, if he told me I was falling short in an area, there was something about the message coming from him that I listened to it better. When I was pastoring out, when I was a youth pastor out in, in uh, Oregon, um, my pastor out there, I had a tremendous amount of respect for him. And when he would come to me, and he'd say, and he'd say, "Ralph, you, you're dropping the ball here. You're not you're not living up to your potential. Not living up to your potential." I would, I would rise to the occasion. I would work a little harder. Other people could say it, and it would not really do as much. But when, it come, when the message comes from the right person with the right heart, there are times it spurs us on. What makes you get out of bed in the morning? What makes you want to get up and get busy for whatever your day may hold? Now, some people don't have a problem. Some people are morning people. They love taking on the morning. Grabbing hold of the bull with the horn, you know, horns of the bull and going at it full speed. How many of you are not morning people? Look at that. There's a few of you out there. How many of you are evening people? See, I know some of you are evening people. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I'll flip on Facebook to see what's happening in the world, and some of you are still up, and it's like 2 in the morning. I'm thinking, what are you doing up? But I know you're night people. You, you, that's where you're, you sense the greatest sense of fulfillment is night. For me, I, I really like mornings. I like getting up and getting going. I like you know starting my day good and moving on. The longer I try to sleep in bed, the more my body hurts. But I like, getting, I like working a good day's work. In some ways, I'm probably a little strange because I like hard work. I like working a good day. It, it gives me a sense of satisfaction. But I have to understand that there's got to be something that I get up for. The truth is, most of the time when we wake up, we have something going on because we set an alarm for it. It's getting us up for a purpose, whether it's to go to work, whether it's for a meeting, to spend time with, uh, you know, somebody important. You're getting up for a reason. Now, how many of you are those, one of those people that will set multiple alarms for a big event? You're not willing to risk one little alarm. You can have two or three alarms going off. There was a time in my life I was probably a little more exhausted than others. I actually had to set my alarm clock across the room. Because I found that somehow I was waking up tired and shutting off my alarm and not remembering. Has anybody else ever done that? You shut off your alarm... And you're half hour past the time you're supposed to get up and you're still in bed. And it's like, where's my alarm? And it's shut off. So I, on those days where I know I need to get out of bed, I don't have my alarm next to me. <laughs> Just on that, it doesn't happen very often, but I want to make sure if I get out of bed, the odds are I'm not going to be doing it asleep. Um. We don't want to miss the opportunity that's before us. And, church, I believe that there is an opportunity that is before us that we sleep through many days, that we miss. I think Jesus was speaking about this when he was talking to his disciples in John chapter 4, verses 31 through 38. And it reads this way from the New Living Translation. It says, Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. They began to ask themselves, Did someone bring him food while we were gone? The disciples asked each other. Then Jesus explained, My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work you know the saying four months between planting and harvest but i say wake up and look around the fields are already ripe for harvest the harvesters are paid good wages and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life what joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike you know the saying one plants and another harvest and it's true. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work, and now you will get the, to gather the harvest. This message is also repeated in, the, in Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 to 38. I'd like to read that with us also. It says Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues. "...and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and curing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest." let's pray father thank you for this day for the opportunity to participate in what you're doing help us to wake up sound the alarm that we would get out of bed and do what you've set before us we ask for this in your name amen The message here, regardless of the passage you refer to, is clear. It is time to wake up. Have you ever thought that someone was going to sleep their life away? Have you ever known someone that just has this constant sleep persona going on? Where every time you see them, it's like they're napping. They're taking a nap, they're sleeping. They can sleep till noon, get up for a couple hours, and then go back and take a nap. See, I think we need to understand it's time to get serious. (laughs) Every January, people go through a process of setting New Year's resolutions. And and the number one resolution I'm sure most of you are aware of is, is getting in shape. And, and it is probably not something that catches you by surprise that there are more gym memberships that are signed up for in January than any other time of the year. Because people are excited. I'm, it's a new year, it's a new me. I'm going to get out there, I'm going to do it. The problem is, you have to get out there and do it seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Even if you only work out five days a week, take two days off but most people last only two weeks and the average person they say will pay for a gym membership for six months before canceling it without even using it before they get to the pain of paying for it without using it some will last longer they'll go years of paying and never use it because at least they have a membership but for some reason, they lost their motivation. For some reason, they lost the driving force that got them out of bed those first two weeks of the year where they were getting up at 5 a.m. and going to the gym and working out before they went to work. Because the results were not immediate. Most of the time, the only thing you experience in the first two weeks of any program is pain. Is anybody else familiar with what I'm saying? Pain is what you experience those first two weeks. You don't see true results until you're, ta- you're talking four to six weeks in on most programs before you start seeing results. Most people don't even get past the pain piece before they quit. We don't like pain. We live lives where when it hurts too much, we get out. We quit. We do something else because we don't like pain. And yet we quote all the time, no pain, no gain. We understand that, and that's probably why a lot of times we don't have the gains in life that we like because we get out too early. We quit. Anybody who has ever worked for in a field farming understands that there is a lot of pain in farming it is hard work i remember growing up in west alexandria we had you know i was working out in fields with a a lot of the farmers all around us we would start early and work late and when it was time for the harvest to come in It wasn't an issue of how long you were willing to work. It's you worked until the job got done. You worked early in the morning as soon as you could see a little bit in the field, and you worked until you couldn't see anything else. There was motivation. There was a driving force. And unless you are a farmer who is living by... What you produce, you don't understand that. As I was reading our passages today, there are several things that jumped out on me. These will be on your your fill-ins there. The first one is, Jesus was moved with compassion for the crowds of people that were lost and hurting. Jesus was moved with compassion. Number two, the harvest Jesus is talking about is not a harvest of wheat, but of lost souls. Number three, what happens when there is more work to be done than workers? The answer is simple the harvest goes bad. When there is more work than workers, the harvest goes bad. Finally, God wants us to be those workers who will go out and reach out to the lost with His love. God wants it to be us. If you have been accustomed to reading the Scriptures and reading through from Genesis to Revelation, you'll find that there have been various times throughout the writings of the Scriptures that God spoke through various things. He spoke from a a a cloud a fire he spoke through a donkey now if God can speak through a donkey what are the odds he can speak through us I think the donkey in many ways resembles some of the the attributes that we are very good at we're stubborn we want our own way we only want to work if there's the right motivation That's why many of the captions you see about a donkey is they would lead the donkey with a carrot out in front of him, motivating him to go a little further. The donkey was a a work animal, he was made, he was bred to work. And he is stubborn, he had to have motivating factors about it. These different messages that were communicated to us from from these passages help us to understand that the people who sense the greatest urgency are those who have the most to lose. Those who sense the greatest urgency are those who have the most to lose. The farmer has a great amount of urgency in his voice when the harvest is ready because he knows what will happen if he doesn't bring it in i, I was unaware of this i just talked to ryan about this a couple of weeks ago that there are times you know he, his hey he's got fields ready to uh, be you know to be cut and turned and and baled and i'm thinking well what if you just leave them in the field Or do you lose the quality and you do because as the, the hay begins to sprout and you've got the, the seedings happening at the top of it and it's spewing out all of its seed, it's, it's losing the quality of the, of the grass. And so you're, you, have, you have hay that you can bale and use it for you know, feeding where animals really don't care as much or using it for bedding but a lot of the quality of it is lost when you don't bring it in when it's ready now most other crops are similar to that they need to be brought in at the right time so that you can enjoy the benefit of them you don't want to bring them in too early because you want that the 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 crop to be ripe. you want it to be ready But there is a delicate balance sometimes of just a few days of being right. People who have done the work of planting and nurturing are desperate to bring in the harvest. They want to bring it in. They they have no desire to lose what they've lost. Anyone who's ever lost a harvest takes it seriously. Have any of you ever worked a field before? Anybody? A few of you? Have any of you ever lost a harvest before? This year, one of the challenges that we've, you know, certain states have, some years it's drought. We were in South Dakota for a 10-year period of time where they barely got any rain. So the fields were dry, unable to grow this uh, last year they were at a different cycle and it rained all the time there was flooding and they couldn't get in their fields to plant the challenges of everything the conditions being right for the planting see people who Anyone who has ever lost a harvest takes it seriously when it's time to bring it in. But they also have to take it seriously to get out there and and plant at the right time so that they can do the work. It's a lot of work to prepare the fields. And during those days it's difficult because you get up early, you work hard, And you don't have as much to show for your work at that time. People who have lost a harvest feel the weight of that. The problem is most people have never physically lost a harvest, so the pain is relatively mild if it is felt at all. Some of us have felt the pain at the grocery store when people have lost their harvest because we have to pay a little bit more for our fruits and vegetables. We feel the pain then, but it's pretty mild. We just choose not to eat certain fruits or vegetables at different times when the price goes up to a certain point. But those who labored for the harvest, who live off of the harvest, find great pain in it. Even when we make the transition from a physical harvest to the harvest of souls, the pain is unfortunately pretty minor. We don't value life as much as we used to. Until many approach the end of their lives, they don't see sense the full value of a relationship with God. Part of what I do on the side is is I am a hospice chaplain also. I visit with people who are at the end of life. People who within days to weeks, months are going to be leaving this world and many of them realize the value of life and the things they've wasted in their life church we need to value life a little bit more (laughs) it's easy to have a heart for the lost when we have missionaries here, you guys are great when we had the Welches here, and uh, we're taking up uh, love offerings for them. Um, you guys did a fantastic job. You knew they were reaching kids. When we have, uh, had Jen and Chris Bartlett here, um, you know we were talking about, you know, we've got three different missionaries that we've supported that are in Africa this year. you know, the Bartletts, the uh, uh, Welches and the, the Moors. Um, just you've done a tremendous job in, in giving in those areas you felt the urgency of reaching a group of people that were lost and dying but then they leave pain subsides Madison's talking about her her trip to Trinidad and we feel the urgency the things that Madison is going to learn and we give and you guys are great givers Last weekend, I think it was, you know, we gave uh, you know, through all the, the fundraising was about $1,000 um, for Madison's trip to Trinidad. Fantastic. Yeah, he's great. You're sending Madison. <laughs> it's good. It's easy to send someone. It's more difficult to be the one going. It's, be, it's more difficult to be the one who is going out and telling someone else. I had some friends of mine in North Dakota. Um, Last evening, they went out and they took a big sign that said, free advice. They went out to the main street in their town. They took four chairs. And they put the sign down, free advice, and they just sat there. They had no idea what was going to happen. They got there at 5 p.m., I think it was, And they had people coming and sitting and talking with them till after midnight when they left. (laughs) They were just blown away. They had no idea what to expect, but people were coming and sitting and they were telling them about their lives, asking for advice. (laughs) Some of them, you know, were talking about marital problems. Some of them were talking about job problems or family problems. But literally... They they didn't know these guys for anything, and they sat down, and they just told them about their life and asked them for some advice. And what it tells me is people want someone to listen to them. They want someone to hear their pain. And they're willing to take advice from people whether they know them or not. They're desperate. We live in a world of people who are desperate to know that there is hope. (laughs) That there is hope. And we should be the, the, the people who have the most hope to present. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 3. Says, you have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. How many of you have grown since you've become a follower of God? I've grown. My life is so much better than what it was before. Isaiah goes on and he says, you've, in, you know, you've multiplied the nation, increased its joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of the harvest. People will. In, Will give more praise when the harvest is greater. And for all who have experienced God doing something great, we should have much to be excited about. We should be excited about the harvest and the opportunity that awaits us. Jesus said, The harvest is great but the workers are few. Therefore, listen church, we must get busy. (laughs) We must get busy. Yesterday, I went, (laughs) I was driving around town trying to find a, a farmer's market yesterday afternoon and there was nothing open around here. So I went out to Jackson's Farm. They have a lot of stuff out there. This is, I'm not going to tell you this stuff is perfect. But some of this stuff, I know when I picked it up, I knew what it was when I read it. I have no idea what this is right now. But someone will eat this. Is this summer squash? I know this is a melon, a kind of melon. There was a real a weird it was a weird word on there i don't think it was cantaloupe i am telling you it was something different i didn't write it down huh it's a melon of corn kind i don't know i don't really care it smells like a muskmelon or a cantaloupe this one I'm pretty sure is spaghetti squash. I'm pretty sure of that. I picked up three of these. I think they were a dollar a piece. I don't know if that's good or not. I didn't grow it. See, I, our passage out of John says that you're going to harvest where others have done the work. We like that. You know what? I, my wife will tell you, I don't want to have my own garden. Now my wife wants to have one, and I'm going to support her in that. If we ever have a piece of property, she can have one. But they're a lot of work. I grew up knowing what you got to weed and you got to do all this stuff. And I remember one time we had a a garden growing up, and um, uh, one of one of us kids—I don't know which one it was—cut off all the tops to the potatoes then making it difficult to find them. Because we didn't know. You know. But we enjoy that someone else planted and even brought it in. I didn't go out in the field and get this, praise God. You'd have a lot less up here. I'm just being honest. Because it's more work to get out in the field. I just went. They had this little all these tables set up and all this stuff. I just went around, picked up what I wanted. Now this, I know what corn is. I love corn. Corn on the cob, buttered corn. You just can't go wrong with corn. Watermelon, two kinds, seeded seedless I like seedless I'm not a spitter some people like spitting fresh peaches mm. got a little bit of softness to it I think that means it's ready to eat right it's got maybe a couple areas a little bruising probably just right to eat right now see it's time to get busy busy because the harvest is ready. If you don't bring these in when it's ready, you lose them. When we're reading in the Scripture, there are several passages of Scripture that talk about the harvest. There's also the Great Commission out of Matthew 28. And the thing that the Great Commission and the harvest passages have in common is they communicate the thought that there is a group of people in this world that have a, a need To know about Jesus and it's important for us to take that seriously so that those people will have an opportunity to be influenced by the message but just like I said I didn't have to go out in the field to get this peach I just got to go through and pick it up that was the easy part and it's the reality is most people in the United States, in some way, in some fashion, have heard about Jesus. Someone has already planted a seed in their life. And if you are willing to participate, you can be part of the harvesting of other souls. Last couple of weeks, I've had the opportunity to pray with two different individuals Um, asking Jesus into their life what a tremendous experience to have someone that you can pray with that you can think about and lead them to Jesus now JP you're always good for an illustration can you think of someone that you know that doesn't know Jesus what's the first name John See, you know John needs Jesus. And God can use you to bring in the harvest. <laughs> I, I think about my grandkids. Um, I am glad that her parents, their parents know Jesus. You know, that they love them. I start thinking about Kurt Tabor. Kurt Tabor was the gentleman that I was introduced to Jesus through. He was my neighbor out in West Alexandria. He was the one who first witnessed to me about Jesus. Another individual that was there that I encountered through playing football, um, actually it was, he was the neighbor for one of the guys that I played football with, and we would go and work out in his house. Um, his name was Tim Waymire. And these two individuals, through various situations, would tell me about Jesus. And it was all involving sports, you know. I would play basketball or football with this guy, and he would tell, and he was, he was this mammoth guy, 6'5", he was a great basketball player, um, just, he would tell me about Jesus when we played. My friend, you know, he was a weightlifter, and he would tell me about Jesus while he taught me how to lift weights. And so I'm here today because someone planted... And, they, and there was a, a couple-year process that I was out there. These individuals from about sixth grade through when I accepted Jesus as a freshman in high school had sown into my life the truth of the gospel. And then sitting in my neighbor's house, he led me in a, in a prayer to ask Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Probably, I'm, I don't know if this is a cucumber. Yeah, this is a cucumber. That's a zucchini. I'm probably more, you know, a good melon, you know. It's probably more like me, you know. You got, I, I started learning you got to get a melon at the right time. I didn't realize that if you get a melon when it's ripe, the sweetness of it is just amazing. I love watermelon. I've had some watermelon I didn't care for. I wanted to get rid of it. Hey, who here likes watermelon? Boy, look at you guys. You guys like watermelon. Nick, can you tell me somebody that you know that needs Jesus that you can help them? Understand who He is. Do you know someone that needs Jesus? A lot of my friends give, give me a first name. Nathan. Huh? Nathan. Nathan. So just think of Nathan when you look at that watermelon today. Because see, that's when the harvest becomes important to us. When we start associating it with People we know that don't know Jesus. Matthew, do you know someone that doesn't know Jesus? Yeah. Who? First name? Grace? Grayson. Grace. 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 I want you to think about Grayson. Constance, what about you? Paula. Paula? Okay. So think about Paula. Now, if you don't like this, you're going to get to keep these, but if you want to barter with somebody with them afterwards... I don't... Where's... I'm going to go here, because Missa probably would use a spaghetti squash. <laughs> I don't know anybody else. That you, who can you name one person that know, needs? Huh? Tara. Huh? Tara. Okay. Anybody else does spaghetti squash? She's up in the nursery. You're going to give this one for Gene. Can you tell me somebody that needs Jesus that you know? Michael. Michael. You know, whenever I pick up corn, I think of Ryan. He's a little corny sometimes. (laughs) Ryan, can you think of someone that needs Jesus? Who? Jason. Jason. Okay. Miss Angie? Ruth. See, that's when the harvest becomes... Powerful when you start associating it with people you know. What did I say? Zucchini. Zucchini. You look like a zucchini person, Isaac. I do. You, you do? <laughs> I, I love zucchini. All right, tell me Doris. somebody. Huh? Doris, Doris. All righty. Leah? Can you tell me somebody? Krista. 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 Mm. See, now as these names are, as you're holding these vegetables, I want you to allow yourself to just begin to pray for them right now. Paxton. Athena. Athena. That's a beautiful name. Micah. Cameron. I was going over your name earlier as I was praying for you guys this morning. Carrying multiple ones now. I'm going to go with the corn here. Josh. Josh. Achilles. Achilles. Oh my goodness. People are asking. You want a cucumber? You're fighting for the harvest. You know what? Sometimes we've got to fight for the harvest. Next. Max. Max. Sarah. Miss Aaron, Crystal. Crystal. If I'd have known how many people were going to be here today, I probably would have brought more. Because I think it's good if you, as many of you can leave with a name that you're praying for. Hmm? Hmm? Can you think of someone?: Shelley?: Shelley. Mike. Mike. I know you're probably going to have to buy more of whatever these is, because that's probably like a snack. <laughs> Valerie. Joe. Valerie. See, we all know somebody. We know somebody. Now we're getting to the serious stuff because I know some of you are thinking, just get to those peaches. I'm going to come up with somebody, huh? There's Tom, Tom, bartering for him. Danny, <laughs> look at Jerry's one and one 2 Andy, Andy, all righty. Melinda. Now Chad, right? Yeah. Scott. Scott. Katie? Stephanie. Blaine. Jordan. All righty. That's all I got for you today. I know some of you are thinking, oh, there's that nice, beautiful pumpkin. This is, was a great-sized pumpkin up here. Huh? You want to trade. Uh, you can trade with people. I'm going to keep the pumpkin right now for you guys to look at for the next several weeks because I want you to focus on the harvest because there are people that you know that know Jesus. And if you don't bring them in, who will? If you don't get serious and get busy and wake up. When, when Jesus was talking to the disciples, He said, wake up! <laughs> Look around you! It's like you can't be serious to be so focused on the inside that you miss that there are people all around you that are dying. And they need hope. They need hope. And you hold the hope of the world contained within you. That you have the ability to inspire and encourage and lift up. You have the ability to change somebody's world through the words you say. I encourage you to consider the harvest to wake up for the time is great the workers are few the labor has been done for us we just simply need to get out and bring in the harvest let's pray lord we're sorry We are sorry that we have missed opportunities to bring in the harvest. We are sorry that we have taken for granted that someone else will bring in for us and do the work. We look at the fields and we just think, God, I'll talk to them if you get them to church. where they're cleaned up a little bit more. I'm not going to get as messy. God, can you move on somebody else to do that much work? I'll sit next to him. we're sorry that we've made it about us and our level of comfort we are sorry that we've slept in and slept through the day missing opportunity after opportunity forgive us. Today, we make a commitment to engage the harvest. We make a commitment to get in the fields, to bring it in. The planting and watering in many ways has already been done. You're just needing people to go and to do the work of bringing in the harvest. This morning, if you are willing to commit. to bringing in the harvest where God opens up the doors before you. The harvest of those souls all around you, those friends, those names you've already mentioned today. I'm going to invite you to stand this morning as a, de- as a declaration before God that you're going to engage the harvest that you're not going to sleep through this one. That you're going to do your part. That you're going to take it serious. That you're going to get busy so that the harvest isn't lost. Father, You see each person, each man, each woman, I see, I believe you see their heart, their desire. I pray that you would speak in and through them, that you would give them an urgency to work the fields, to take a personal responsibility for the names they mentioned, to lead them in a way to understand the love of God. Work in us and through us, Lord. That we may be Your light. Your hope to this world. We ask for this in Your name. Amen. Hallelujah. The fields are ripe. They're white unto harvest. God wants to do something through you, each one of you. I can honestly tell you there is no greater joy than to lead someone in a prayer for them making Jesus the Lord of their life. This is not about you bringing them to church to make a decision. This is about you helping them to understand that Jesus loves them so much. That He was willing to set aside heaven to come to earth. To die for them. We have the message of hope. We have the message of hope. Your work is now before you. <laughs> Ushers, if you would come, I'm going to pray over our offering. You're going to join with me in our prayer. let's pray this together as i give in today's offering i recognize that god is sovereignly involved in directing my life i understand that i may make my plans but it is the lord who directs my feet god carefully oversees all that happens to me no event or experience escapes his attention i give today with confidence in the sovereignty of god the job I have, the business I run, and the money that comes through my hands are under the direction of God Almighty. You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. Ushers, you may receive the offering today. The Lord bless you today. I, I'm going to ask JP to come and just talk to you briefly about uh, Wednesday night um, with the service, um, the joint service that he's doing with the other churches and uh, Praise God. Hello. Ooh. Hello. Hey, guys. Wednesday night, we're having a service here. Uh, there are five to seven different youth groups from uh, different churches around the area that are coming. Um, if you come here on a Wednesday night regularly, uh, Missa and Seth will still have kids' church. Or, uh, what do you guys call it? Wednesday night? It's so original. Wednesday night, kids. So if you, if uh, you guys come, don't think like, oh man, the youth are taking over. We can't come. Come, bring your kids. Uh, bring a friend. If you know a young person that's going to be here. If you are here today and you just want to. Come